When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to All Hang Up and Listen Sabres. Matinee Mayhem here on a Sunday uh, afternoon um, in the midst of football. The Buffalo Sabres put on a shellacking against the Colorado Avalanche. Four to nothing. UPL records his two goalies, one Mike. Shut out the first of his career. Curls, we had a lot of conversation about Ukupakalukadan, not just on our show, but we saw it on Twitter. We saw it online. People wanting to fire him into the sun for, you know, what happened um, uh, this past game where, you know, Comrie gets hurt and, you know, he goes in and they, they get a, they get a couple by him and the Sabres end up losing. Um, but um, comes back strong. He's 8-0-1 the Goathead jersey. Sabres now, what is it, 12-1-1 in the Goathead jersey? 12-1-1. Um, when's the petition start, bud? When do we just I, – I, I mean, I've already started it. I think I yeah. actually might – I actually might go to change.org and do an actual petition and try yeah. to get as many signatures as possible and send it, it to up. the Sabres to make get it, it up. There it is. It's getting to, it's it's getting a, to the OG, point where – OG goat hat right there. It's getting to the point where it's like it's not even a coincidence anymore. They just play better. Like it really does not make sense. But no. they are a different team when they wear this jersey. For whatever reason, if they had worn the blue jerseys today, I don't know if they win the game. I I I, I don't disagree with you, man. Like it's it's, <laughs> like, wild. It, it's, it's wild. Like how like, I don't I I do not get it. How like how bad they are at home, for instance, over the last three hundred like three best year calendar year. How bad they've been at home. But if you look at their home record in those jerseys, it's damn your perfect. Yeah, damn you're perfect. Well, they only wear them at home. Um, so. Well, yeah. It's it's just it's getting to the point where it just it seems like they're more confident. They play faster. They they have a little bit more of an edge. Uh, it seems like every time Lukanen wears it, he is a different goalie. Um, it's really getting borderline ridiculous. But I'm not going to complain. Unfortunately, just like we clamored for the blue jerseys after the navy blues for years, I don't think this is actually going to happen. So. I think our uh, our wishes are gonna are gonna go in vain, unfortunately. But it is nice that we get 13 more games of it this season. So 
We can hang our hats on that, and hopefully they actually improve wearing the blue jerseys. I really don't think it's as big of a deal as we're making it out to be. I think it's a cool thing for the fans, and it's really nice to have. But at the same time, like what you're wearing should not affect how you play. Um, getting back to the team a little bit, they are win-loss, 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 win-loss. Or no, win-loss, 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 win-loss in their past six games. Yes. And I would, I would argue going back to the Islanders game, they easily could have been 5-0 and in the past five games. Uh, that Montreal game obviously was very strange. Jake Allen stood on his head. He stood, had, he stood on his head again last night against the Jets, so he's just having a good season. And as we said, if Comrie doesn't go down against the Devils and looking and doesn't have to come in cold, they easily could have won that Devils game. So this team, after a slow start against two defensively sound teams, is coming to in, into its own a little bit. And they're playing much better hockey, and it's really, really encouraging. I, uh, I'm i looking at a quote right now uh, from Brian Koziel. UPL says he's a better goalie this season. He's stronger, quicker, and says his positioning has been his most improved thing. Says it has to, it has helped him read the players, uh, read the play better. Sorry. Uh, I tend to agree. I, I always say, uh, and I still think this to an extent, you know, it's improved. One of the more chaotic thing is his movement. Sometimes he does, you know, overextend himself and to get himself out of position. But I mean, that's the good thing about his size. Is even when he does do that, his size helps him. I think that first save of the second period is a perfect example. Like he wasn't exactly in position. Uh, puck kind of pops out in front of him and just he's massive and it just hit him and it dropped down right between his legs. He gets down and covers it. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree with all those points and, I've always said on this show is that his biggest issue is upstairs. It's not a physical ability because we saw it at the OHL level. The kid is an athletic freak. Um, he's big. Uh, he has health issues. Yes. The double hip surgery, double liver surgery isn't, you know, doesn't help his case in terms of longevity, but he's an athletic freak. And I just think that if you give this kid time, he's going to develop into that one B situation that we've, that we want here that we talked about uh, on this, on this show most like so many times is having that one, a one B situation. Cause I don't think it's, you know, any, you know, I mean, Levi's the future. Like he is, he's this, he's the future starting goaltender of this team. We all know it, but having a, such a, having a UPL play to this level, I mean, yeah, I'd be fine having him get 25 to 30 starts a year, hundred percent. If he plays like that, as you were talking about UPL, it's 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 funny because like he's the opposite of Devin Levi. Like I think we're all very confident in his mental ability. We're all confident in his quickness. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that his his knock on him is is his size. The fact that he is a smaller goaltender and he does get beat cleanly every so often. Uh, so I just I just think like when you see a game like this from Ukopeka Lukanen you see the flashes that we know are there. You saw yeah. him in that stretch last early this early this year, but late last season or in the middle of last season, where I think he won four straight starts on the, on that West Coast swing. I think it was in Arizona, Vegas, and Colorado. He act, he's actually beaten the Avs twice in this calendar year. So the ceiling is really high, but the floor isn't as high as, as Devin Levi's is uh, at this moment. But while he's injured, while he's unable to play, yeah, he's all we got left. And at this point, like 
given that Levi couldn't even back up today, I don't necessarily think he's ready for a Wednesday in Philadelphia. So, and who knows? I haven't heard an update on Comer yet, but it, it didn't look good. So we're potentially getting to a point where Lukanen might be the everyday starter for the next week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, And that, I mean, there's a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. You have to imagine, hopefully, Levi's healthy for one of those. Um, We'll see what happens. We're not getting much information on it. The original designation was day-to-day, but it's been over a week now, uh, almost a week and a half. So it could be something more serious than than we've been led to believe. Uh, but I, what I saw from UPL today, I really, really liked. You mentioned um, a save where he got big enough and the puck hit him. My favorite save was when, I think it was the second period, an avalanche player goes across the net and he follows him the whole way. And obviously his movement isn't as quick as Levi's or he's, he's not as good uh, post to post. But he, get, he gets big and he puts his glove up. And he follows him all the way across the crease. I think it was the save of the game on the broadcast. Yep. Yeah, it was a great That's save. A really, was, that, um, was that on Rantanen too? I think um, it might have been. Um, it's a I really thought, impressive I think that would have been on Rantanen. Yeah, it's a really, really impressive save. And it showed his positioning that he talked about and uh, his, his awareness uh, throughout the game. So, yeah, I was really encouraged by what I saw tonight. And hopefully he can keep it going. Because as we said, consistency has been his biggest thing. He yes. has not been able to put, aside from in the middle of last season, a few games together. But if he gets this confidence, and as you said, it, it can be mental, we can get to a point where he could be a starter in the near to distant future. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, and having two table goalies is a good thing to have. Um, granted, again, Eric Comrie out for a few weeks. I mean, eventually, if when Eric comes back, because he was playing well when he left, um, and the, the, the biggest thing with, with, with Lucanen is consistency. Cause we've seen, I would say this is the best performance of his career. Like oh, he's I had like 40 first shut out first shut out. Of oh, his yeah, he's had 40, he's had like 40 plus save games before where he's gotten wins. But I would say this game in particular against this team, a team that was honestly, I think desperate to get a win. They didn't want to get shut out again. However, I did feel that Colorado wasn't as engaged and as intense as Buffalo tonight or today. Sorry. Um, and we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. Uh, one key example of that. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think if we get the consistency out of him, he needs to be consistent. He needs to string games together. He's he, I don't think he's really had a stint where he's strung three, four, five, six games in a row where it was like, damn man, like this kid is the, this kid is legit. Um, cause right now up until today, like he's proven to be a one B a guy who could start one in every four and give you a good game. So let's keep this up. UPL. I mean, he was, he was Devin Levi before Devin Levi in the eyes of Sabres fans yes. I mean, for, for years, like UPL six K I call him <laughs> Luke. Like he was the future of the Sabres goaltender. Like yes. for a long time. And we were all so excited. Obviously, you saw what he did in the OHL and the World Juniors when they won for Finland back in 2018. Like he was the future until the Sabres made that trade for Devin Levi. So he obviously he has a lot to prove. And I think him starting the year as the third goalie probably lit a fire under his ass a little bit. And I think he knows that he needs to perform to stay on this team. Yeah. And even, even if he doesn't stay on this team, like he could be a really good trade piece. For a team like Colorado exactly. that doesn't have 
that great of goaltending. Like, I don't think they're like necessarily super confident in Alexander Gigoriev. Like, a lot of teams have goaltending issues right now, and the Sabres potentially, when they're healthy, have three NHL goalies on their roster, which is a good problem to have, as we've seen, because injuries happen. So yeah. I hope he can keep it up. I, I, the Flyers are off to a good start this year. Carter Hart, I was just looking up his numbers. He's had a really strong start to the year. He's at a two, 2.25 and a 9.24. And that's a guy, That's a guy too, that you can look at and kind of see like, well, yeah, perfect example of a guy who's taken some time to develop because he came in hot right into the league, you know, rookie young. of the year numbers, and then really cooled off quite a bit and people wanted him out of Philly. And now – Again, he's right back at it. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, he, he has the talent. And as we talk about, like, sometimes it, it can be mental. Like, the Flyers haven't been good in a really long time. To, to your point about Juryev, he actually is up until t- today. He was uh, seven games played, six wins. Yeah. Well, I, I do at least partially factor in, given how good of a team it is. They obviously had a really, really good start to the year. Uh, he, had a, he had a good start himself. But – I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying the Sabres. Oh, no, no, no. But to your point, I'm just stating like, you know, UPL is a trade piece. Like I could definitely see him going to a team like Minnesota. Minnesota who, uh, you know, actually, no, not probably not Minnesota. They have Gustafsson. Yeah, Um, and and Flurry. And Flurry. Well, Flurry, I mean, he's just getting older. That's the thing. For sure. Um, He's he's going to retire soon. Um. Yeah, that's a tough call. Like where where would UPL be a good fit? I mean, um, maybe Tampa. Like if Vasilevsky takes longer than 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 they thought, and they, well, I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be the like a like a long term. Yeah, like I mean, not just a season. Yeah, um, well, he's not going to get to choose. Well, no, I know, but I'm I'm thinking of teams that would need a long term solution, not just a a guy. Maybe, maybe the Ducks. Ducks, John Gibson. Yeah, he's getting older. This is what I'm saying, though. Like, if if you were if you were to bring in a guy like John Gibson, like I don't know what the Sabres trade for. I think I think Vancouver would be a good spot as a one B situation for him. Yeah, I, I mean, but my thing is, I don't hate the possibility of him staying with the Sabres long term. No, neither do I. No, neither especially, do I. Especially if, especially if he can show some consistency, and this is this is an opportunity for him right now, given given the injuries, given that. Devin Levi didn't necessarily have the best starts of the year, and he does have the injury right now. Like that Flyers game on Wednesday is another huge game for the team to get back to 500, to get on their first winning streak of the year, to get out of this yep. win loss win loss pattern. Uh, it's a team that wasn't necessarily expected to be really good this year, but they're off to a good start, and it's a huge game on the road on Wednesday. So I think it's good for them to have two days off. Uh, they've typically played well on the road. And they go into Philadelphia, and then they go go back to Buffalo on Friday night. So it's a huge opportunity for him, and I, I really do hope he takes advantage of it. Yeah. Um, one thing I do definitely want to touch on, too, uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth, between not just between myself, but just, just, you know, hockey Twitter in general, the hit on Kale McCarr, which I don't really think was a hit. Um, I felt like they were just getting ready to curl around the net and – um essentially Kyle put a little bit of his weight at the lower back area of Makar. Makar was weak on his skates and chicken winged and fell into the boards. The amount of people that just say, this is such a dirty play. Like I don't really view it as a dirty play. I don't know about you hurls and I'll bring up the replay here momentarily, but that whole situation, how did you feel? So 
I think it's at least partially because of the player. It's Cal McCarr. Yes. You're going to, you're going to have national analysts looking at that play and forming an opinion just because of his name. Name. The, yeah, exactly. So if it was Samuel Gerard, like, I don't think there would have been nearly as big of an uproar. No, uh, I think some of the outrage was because potentially it could have been a long-term injury. I think that, as you said, the third though, I know I'm saying like when he went out, yeah, yeah, it, it looked bad. So I think some of the outrage, like you saw national NHL reporters and obviously Avalanche fans and everyone else, but the qualification was that Kyle Oposo is not a dirty player. He's someone that's well respected around the league. It's not something he would ever do intentionally, even if he did do it in this case. I think that, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, it wasn't like egregious. It wasn't suspension. No, it wasn't. Like people Sorry, I'm, I'm bringing up, I'm getting ready to bring up the replay. Um, but no, uh, yeah, to your point, yes, it's, it is Kyle Ocposo. He's in terms of when, what players kind of view, how players kind of view the Sabres and certain Sabres players around the league. I think Kyle is probably one of the most respected and he's not a guy, especially Kyle with his injury history that you're going to look at. It's like, Oh yeah, he's definitely taking, taking a Liberty there with Bakara from behind. Like, no, like I think that, I think they were, he was for checking hard. I thought Cal to uh razor's point on the broadcast was dogging it to the, to uh, you know, to the puck to go uh, to curl around the back of the net. And Kyle essentially Kyle Oposo of all players, essentially was trying to beat him to that puck, get position on him to curl behind the net. And in order to push or hit somebody, you have to extend your arms. He didn't need, like he didn't do that. It was more or less. He, he essentially had his hand on his lower back. He never extended. And he, like Kale McCart at the time was so weak on his feet and so weak on his skates that he just chicken winged and fell. And it's unfortunate I, that it, I, I mean, yeah, he, he lost an edge. Exactly. So I, I mean, but like, I don't necessarily like Rob Ray was like giving McCarr shit. Like, I don't necessarily like, yeah, he was potentially like a little bit sluggish getting back, but like, I don't think that was his fault either. You know, like I, I really think that it was just an unfortunate play. Like it happens in the game of hockey sometimes. So I don't know. Um, obviously we're a little bit biased. Yeah, I think Avalanche fans are a little bit biased. I think NHL reporters are a little bit biased because they want Cal McCarr to be playing. So, all in all, it's an unfortunate play. Thankfully, he didn't get hurt, and we can all move on. I'm trying to bring this up to the point where uh, we won't get uh, yelled at on YouTube for playing on uh, another team's broadcast on our show. Uh, let me see if I can bring this up so those who are watching can see exactly what we're talking about. Uh I don't, I, I don't know how to mute the audio once you uh, bring something up. Let me see. Mm. All right. Let's see. Oh, I guess we're going to get yelled at. Yeah. Unless oh, I can well. mute it. McCarr goes right down the tunnel. Yeah, you see it right there. I just don't see. I personally can't see any video right now. Oh, you can't? Okay, hold on one second. Sorry for the, oh, here we go. As you can see right there, it doesn't look, to me, that doesn't look like a guy trying to extend he, his body. Like he, 
he lost his edge on his left skate even before even before Oposo pushes him. Yeah. His left skate was diagonal to the ice. It's a slight nudge. It really is. It, it, it's nothing. It's really nothing. There's nothing dirty and, about that. And he kind of like. Like if you look the, at his not, right skate, it's even already going down. Yeah. I mean. Any look at this right here, right here, right here, right here. Before, like, it, like, before he's even like nudging him. He kind of sold it too. Like he sold it. Like he, in my opinion, kind of LeBron James this moment. Like, we've seen it from yeah. Josh Allen on roughing the path, passer calls. I think, I, obviously, he's in an awkward position with his right knee, and thankfully he didn't get hurt. Yeah. But that was not a violent play. No. It wasn't even a dangerous play. It just happened. So, I, yeah, uh, I, listen, I, I'm all in favor of getting that particular play when it is egregious and violent out of the game because it is one of the more dangerous but plays it, in like, hockey. But, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even boarding. No, but boarding, you have to extend your arms. <laughs> there has to be some type of an extension of your arms. Like, I had one guy losing his mind on my timeline. Oh, it's a cross-check. And then it was boarding. Like, dude, pick your pick. Is it cross-checking or boarding? Because I didn't know you could cross-check somebody with your forearm. Because that's yeah. the only part of his body that was on Makar was his forearm. Yeah, well, you know where we stand. We don't necessarily need to entertain the people. Like, it's the Brady Kachuk situation. Like, yeah. Senators fans are going to think that's part of fighting. Avalanche fans are going to think that their star player was put in a dirty position. And so yep. are national NHL reporters because they're biased towards having him in the game. If that happened to Darlene, we probably would be pretty upset. Yeah, I'd be upset, but I, I, I just know for me personally, I know in that situation, I would look at that and be like, eh, like so there has to be some accountability on Darlene's part there. It's like there has sure. to be some accountability. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call for a suspension, No, but at the same time, like, I would have been fine. I, I would have been fine if they called a penalty on Akposa there. Yeah, on name sure. value, I'd have been like, fine with it. Know, okay. like, I don't even know what the penalty is. Interference. He had the puck. Like, I mean, I just—it's not like me saying, "Oh yeah, it should have been a penalty." If they call the penalty just because of name value, the player who it is, I—I I mean, okay, sure. Where, like same no, thing if it like, happened to Darlene. Okay, sure. Like, it would have to be something like unsportsmanlike conduct. Like yeah. it would have to be like, cause that's a dangerous, it, it's a potentially dangerous play in an unfortunate situation, but like it's on both of them. So yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't think we need to belabor the point. From Steve Olth, great performance all around UPL with the deserved shutout, but those refs, man, they were bad. Agreed. I think the ref very officiating again, you know. Um, speaking of the refs, the Sabres penalty kill is incredible. Yes. So they've, they've been, as much Kate as we Johnson out there has been incredible. Jordan Greenway, Gergensen's, no matter which four man unit they throw out there, they've been great. They're getting sticks in passing lanes. They're breaking up passes. They are aggressive. Mm -hmm. You remember the penalty kill last year. It was absolutely horrible. Yes. But we, we give the coaching a little bit. <laughs> it's not the best coaching staff in the NHL by any means. Yeah. But. It's not it, do, it does appear that they've done a good job on the penalty kill. Yes, and, penalty kill has been phenomenal. And we can acknowledge that while at the same time saying that the power play has been really bad. So bad. So bad. Um, so for them to get to the next level in terms of consistency as a team, 
obviously they need to capitalize on the power play a little bit more. I don't know what the numbers are, but they have to be at the bottom of the league. I think they've scored like three power play goals. I would say bottom five, bottom eight. Yeah, and the penalty kill is probably at the top. So I saw someone um, say like being plus at five on five, plus on the penalty kill and having a mid to below average power play isn't the worst thing in the world because it is such a short part of the game. You don't get that many power plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's concerning and they need to figure something out. They need to be a little bit more creative. They, it just seems like they're kind of stagnant and that bumper spot necessarily isn't working. They're not getting the puck to Tage on the half wall like they used to. Obviously, I think teams are kind of shading over there and trying to prevent that one timer, which obviously they should, but they need to do something different. Um, a friend of mine brought up rolling the lines. Maybe it seems like there's some chemistry with the lines during the game. Maybe just like doing that on the power play rather than having a power play unit because that top unit with as much skill as there is, they're not doing anything. Yeah. So got to figure something out there. But bright side penalty kill is amazing. Yes. Uh, great 200-foot game today by the team. Casey Middlestat has become a complete player from Richard Isaacs. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Casey a lot on this show. Like, two years ago, I was one of those guys. I wanted him gone. And it wasn't because of skill. It wasn't because of ability. It was always because I just felt like he wasn't taking the game seriously enough in terms of building up his size and his body and his strength because he would, as great of a great as he is with the puck, as great of a shot as he has, as great as his playmaking ability was, he just got knocked off the puck constantly. He just wasn't strong enough. And the past, like, two seasons, he's completely been a different player. Like, the, the guy has, you know, I'd say he put on at least 15 pounds of muscle at the very least and just is a bear on the puck now. Like, you just don't knock him off the way you used to. And I, I, I'm pleasantly delighted, and I love to see him be a part of the long-term, long-term solution to this team. Yeah, I think he's absolutely going to get a contract after this yeah. year. He's a, he's a restricted free agent, but they're going to work something out, some type of bridge yeah. deal. I could see him coming in at like five, six million. Uh, he is absolutely a part of the future of this team. You saw him in the third period. He's so strong on the puck. He, you cannot knock him off. He's great on the boards, and his shot. Like, of course, he's not known for scoring goals, but that goal he scored today, looking off the pass, it was a three-on-one, and then he snipes it short side yeah, over Gregorio's blocker in a way that, like, that you don't beat NHL goalies like that. I think he was cheating a little bit, so that mm-hmm. at least factored into it. I think he was upset with himself for that goal. I think every goalie would be. But at the same time, it's a really, really good shot, and it's a smart play to take that shot because in the past, you would see him try to make that pass and it get deflected or broken up. But now that he has confidence in the strength and the ability to take yep. that shot, it's really, really good that he's at this level. He's, he has such a good shot, man. Yeah, it's and he doesn't he do it often. Shot. I think through um, eight games, he – gosh, eight games, guess how many shots on goal he has? Fifteen. Nine. Oh. <laughs> he has nine shots on goal. Um. Or maybe it's a little bit more. Is that updated for today's game? Yeah, so five, six, seven, seven, nine. Oh, sorry. He's got 12. Either way, because he had three shots today. 12 shots on goal through eight games isn't that many for a player of his caliber. I think he needs to shoot more. I really do. Shooter's Um, mentality, just like on that two-on-one with Benson. He looked off Benson, played it perfectly, and just zipped it right over uh, Giorgio's shoulder. 
we've said it for a while with him. Like he's always been a pass first guy. He is a playmaker. And that was the book on him coming out. But now that he's gotten stronger, he's gotten more confident. He's faster. He's creating more space for himself in the offensive zone. He's going to have so many more opportunities like that. And he needs to take them. He already has, I think he has three goals this season. Um, no, that's his second. Either yeah. way. Oopie, six point, six Oopie finally gets a shutout and deserves it. And now if he can stay Kelly yeah, we just talked about that. Yep. Um, consistency is key with him, um, as is any goalie, but him especially. Uh, I can't wait to hear what Sneejo has to say. Probably nothing. Dude hates UPL too much to be on the radio. Um, Let's see what he said. Huh? Let's see what he said today. Maybe, maybe said. it was something positive. Said. Uh, Dwayne, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I feel that Sabres play way better on the alternate. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is a thing now. Like it happens way too often for it to not be a thing. And it doesn't matter who the opponent is, apparently good or bad. Like Sabres win. Uh, Ubi deserves what he got in this game. UPL plays a lot like plays like this a lot. Uh, UPL plays like this a lot, but the team can put to put forth to put full 60 together to can people learn punctuation i can't read these goddamn sentences i got it you yeah. deserve what All you right, got Chris. in this game upl plays like this a lot but the team can put a full 60 together to tonight hashtag permanent goatheads 2024 yes it's not you. as bad as it's not as bad as you thought it was i i can't i just i'm, I'm you're also tight. you're also not the best reader no i think i'm a decent <laughs> reader I personally love the Goathead jersey, but I know there are haters of that sweater. Who hates it? I don't know who could have possibly. Hit I've it. never heard that. If you permanent. win with it, then it should be a permanent fixture at home games. I agree. I, if they win in the slug jersey, I'm all for it. I, I, I haven't, don't even care. I, I haven't heard a single person that Neither hates that jersey. Neither have I. Are the Goatheads are permanent thirds? Yes, they are. Permanent um, thirds, but they need to be the permanent home jersey. Yes, agreed. Was it me or did Samuelson have less shifts in the third from Richard Dyson? Puck off the head. Uh, yeah, the puck off the head. I wouldn't be surprised that you just held them back a little bit there. Uh, not surprising at all. That looked that looked brutal, man. I mean, that was a hard shot. He cannot, he cannot catch a break. No, but you want to know what, man? That he it clearly hit the side of the helmet. Luckily, because I mean, if he takes that to the side of the face, to the side of the head, dude, he's do, he's out an extended amount of time. For sure. Um, yeah, and I mean. We didn't see too much of him tonight, but I, I thought Jacob Bryson looked good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I, I mean, when you don't hear a thing, it's usually a good thing, right? That play in the that play in the third period, uh, where he shouldered off the guy and then the, did the Patrick Kane spinorama. Yep. He <laughs> they were talking on the broadcast that he he doesn't want to be as nice of a guy this year. Uh, he wants to be a little bit more meaner and more physical, and I don't necessarily know if that's possible given how small he is. But his biggest asset is his skating. So, if so, I I was gonna look this up earlier, but I forgot. Was there a ruling on Connor Clifton? Um, he got two games. Two games? I think it was two. Jesus I think. Fucking Christ. I agree. Um, he did apologize after. Um, said that obviously he wasn't intending to hit him up high like that. It's just kind of unfortunate situation. Um, but um, yeah, the, I believe it was two games. Somebody in the comments can uh, – I'm looking up right now. I'm pretty sure I'm double-checking. It was two games. Yeah, I mean, or they hit to the head like that. They're going to emphasize that, and it is what it is. Um, but – Yeah, two-game yeah, suspension. An injury to Samuelson, hopefully it's not too serious, and they've got a couple days off here because you worry about, like, a concussion in that type of situation. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think the defense largely is just playing better in general. 
Dowling looked amazing again tonight, extended his point streak to, I think it's eight games now. Yeah. He's had a point in every single Five game. Five points in eight games. He's had a, he's had a point every game this season, aside from the opener. Mm-hmm. So I, I said it earlier. I think he is an early top three Norris Trophy candidate. Well, now they're four and five right now, correct? Yeah. So they played nine games. He's got an eight-game point streak. Yeah. So um, panic button. Everybody was pressing it a few games ago. I wasn't. After after the Canadians game, it didn't look good, obviously. So, so five and five, uh, potential of being five and five after 10. I'm completely fine with it. Um, of course. Especially with the progress they've shown against the better teams like Colorado, like Ottawa. Um, even um, that last game where obviously things went south after the Comrie injury. Like I just, for me, that was, they showed good things. Yeah. So, I mean, like we said, their past five games, they could be five and zero with a, with a couple better bounces. So I think they uh, try to keep this momentum going. Uh, you get I, two games against the Flyers and then the Maple Leafs who are off to a really, really good start. I love this from McCat- from earlier. No, no, no. Don't go there, Connor. Size will not affect Levi's play. Yes, he has some weaknesses, but his ability to focus and overcome his weaknesses. All right, well, we'll push him I mean, above. I, so my, so I let me respond here. I think when I mentioned that originally, that is the knock on every small goalie, right? Like, I know it as a small goalie. Yeah, like, the, the reputation around the league is that you have to be six foot or above to play. And the reason he wasn't as lauded of a prospect as other guys are like coming up at his age is because of his size, but that does not preclude him or that does not exclude him from being a good NHL goalie. He plays bigger than his size. He's aggressive. He's athletic. He obviously has a really, really good mental game. So those things are way more important than size. I I have no, no issue whatsoever with the fact that he's a smaller goalie. Uh, you see UC Saros, how good he is. You've seen what Marc-Andre Fleury has done throughout his career. Even going further back, Mike Richter, Grant Fuhr, there have been smaller goalies that have been successful in the NHL, but it really just depends on your overall physical toolkit, not just your height. So if it was misconstrued, me being concerned about his size, I'm sorry, but that's not what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I I'm not too concerned about the size either. Uh, and here's there between you, Levi and UPL. Consistency is a part of UPL's problem, but the other thing is Levi can play when there is chaos. UPL needs to have a structured defense such as today. Um, yeah, that is very true. Um, I've said it a couple times, and like I'm actually texting with Gregory Ballack, actually as we're talking right now, from Ingle Magazine, and he flat out says, um, and he actually points to that save I brought up earlier about how his size and how it was an advantage. <laughs> um I'll see if I can bring this picture up. Um, but he said, how does my six foot five brother end up looking like this on a tip play from a pass on his blocker side? He's literally over far on his, almost on his glove side when he makes the save. Like it was like literally right at the start of the second period. And he was pushing over aggressively and his size saved him because his, of his length, of his, of his width and his, and obviously like, you know, just overall his, his, body you know is i'm so terrible like articulating this but his size saved him there but to point so the thing is it can help right like 
if you if you just think of it from a common spec common sense perspective, if you take up more of an more of the net, then you're going to be less likely to potentially let in goals. But it doesn't matter if you don't have the positioning. It doesn't matter if you don't respond well to bad goals, which we've seen throughout his career. So he he needs to put it all together, and as we said, be consistent for the first time in his career. So I think he's played what I think today was his like 42nd or 40 some, somewhere in the 40s. He has NHL starts. As he gets past his fifth 50th start and gets to the point where he's not this young goalie anymore. He's a six yeah. foot five athletic freak, as we said. Of course, coming off double hip surgery, but it seems as though the team has given him a clear bill of health. As you said, it, it might affect his longevity, right? Because like that's a really tough surgery for a goalie yeah. to have. But hopefully, modern medicine is good enough that he can just be normal from now on. He can figure it out. And as we saw today, he can be a starting goal in the NHL. Yeah. But he's going to have to prove it on a game-to-game basis. Uh, from NZ Sabres guy, Sabres keep winning when they wear the black goat heads. 12-1-1. Yes, sir. Uh, last of the party, good for you, PL. Hope this shuts up the Gibson quick loss. I mean, I don't think anyone loves quick. I mean, as a backup to Levi, I could have. Didn't he have a shutout the other night? I he might have, but he's I'm pretty over sure he did. Okay, regardless, he's over the hill. Yeah, but I mean, as as a mentor, we we talk about Mark Andre Fleury too. Like, For sure, I no, I I don't Gibson. Yes, I think Gibson. And I think still, I I think I, obviously I think with when you have a, a goalie the size of Levi. And you're looking for somebody who can mentor him, you know, provide some type of, yeah. you know, guidance. Like, Johnny I don't Quick think choice for for sure. But if you're trading for a goalie, I think it's for someone that can come in and win you games. You don't. You're not trading not for a. That. You're not. You're not trading for a mentor. Like you have a goalie coach. You have like Craig Anderson in the building. I I just yeah. think that John Gibson is still a good idea in my opinion. Like he's got at least five good years left in the league. I think Jonathan Quick was potentially over the hill two to three years ago. So I think there's. I just want to say Jonathan Quick two and zero with a shutout. Yeah, I mean he plays. He's on the Rangers now, right? Yep. Well, they're a really good team. Um, as we saw against us opening night, their defensive system is pretty pretty good. Yes, it is. It is very goalie <laughs> beneficial now. Yeah. Uh, in so, Madison Garden. I mean, I would love a resurgence from Jonathan Quick. He's one of my favorite well, goalies. He's my favorite goalies, too. He's one of my favorite goalies ever. He's a legend out here in L.A. Yeah. But that was in 2012 and 2014. So. Royston was good. I blast him, but he was actually physical today for a change. Yeah, he was. Like, to your point earlier, like, you know, when you don't hear a player's name a lot, that's usually a good thing at least on the defensive side of things. Yeah. Like uh, people say that about, about cornerbacks. Um, yep. Football. When you don't hear their name called a lot, it's usually a good thing. It's because the opponent isn't throwing at them. Um, same thing can be said about a defenseman. Like if you're not hearing their name a lot, it's usually a good thing. Um, Hurls, were you under a rock? They announced Clifton yesterday. <laughs> uh, yes, I was. I love this win for better. six and 17. Woo. Um, yeah. Agreed. It was Eric Johnson and uh, Yost. Great games. Um, with this team, I wouldn't be so certain we will be okay. Hopefully, we will be okay, but everything has fallen into place. No injuries. Good goaltending. Scoring actually playing some defense. Agreed, uh, Dylan. Uh, crossing my fingers for Levi to come back okay soon. I think he and UPL could get on a tandem roll. 100%. 
Um, Bulldog was calling for quick in the off season. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't have been against it. I mean, I mean, right now with what we just saw from UPL, I'm fine with Levi and UPL, but that's if you get that from UPL on a consistent basis. Can we give JJ Paterka some love? He has been amazing. He's on a 30, 30 plus goal pace right now. Yeah. I think that's going to be hard to sustain just given like he doesn't get that many opportunities, but at the same time he was with Jeff Skinner and Casey Middlesat today. Yeah. So as they continue to roll these lines a little bit and when Jack Quinn comes back, I do think they will put Quinn back with cousins and Paterka. And we, saw, and we saw how good that line was last season, but yeah, he, his start to the year has been amazing. Like, I don't know if too many people watched the world championships this past spring, but he was the best player. He was the best player in the tournament. And that was with a lot of NHL guys playing his speed. Obviously is his biggest asset. And he's the fastest <laughs> player on the ice most nights, which doesn't always matter if you can't take advantage of it, but he's actually getting to the net, especially early on in games. He scored the first goal, I think, three separate times. So, and we know how big getting the first goal is for this team. We mentioned it last show. They are able to play such a different game, and the other team has to play a different game if the Sabres score first. They need to continue to emphasize starting fast, just like the Bills did the other night. They can play a different game when they start fast, and they need to do that moving forward. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Joseph and EJ definitely had money on the board. They might have. They did. They did have great games uh, with um, obviously kind of revenge games. Wait, 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 wait. What type of money are we talking about? You know what? When, when you uh, play against your former team. Yeah. Money on the board. Money. Have- what does money on the board mean? Um. What is it again? Um. I think because, it's, they buy dinner or something like that. Okay. 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 Remember? Because um, I'm a, I'm a little bit traumatized given the uh, the 41 game suspension from Shane Pinto this week. Oh, dude, that, that's nuts. By no, the way, no, no, no. I, I I thought that meant that they basically were like betting on themselves. No, 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 like no, no. It's, it's a term used in the locker room when you're. Uh, Former team uh, come uh, comes you play you play them. Oh uh, well, yeah. In that case, by the way, that Shane Pinto Pinto thing. Don't get me wrong. If he's betting on sports when he's not supposed to be, depending on we never really got any transparency on what he was betting on. The, the, the weird part is that they said there was no evidence that he was betting on hockey, but NHL players are allowed to bet on other sports. Yes. So it seems like a like a hypocritical situation. Like if he wasn't betting on hockey, then what was he betting on that was illegal that caused him to have a 41-game suspension? I think it's hypocritical based on the fact that every at every turn, yeah. whether it's during the intermission, the pregame, the postgame, they are pushing the betting narrative on the fans' yeah, left sure. and right and right. even advertising um, the equipment. You, you can't have players betting on NHL games. No, you know no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. 100% you can't. But in terms of on other sports – how can no, you? No, but oh, that's, that's ridiculous. That's that's not what he got suspended for. No, well, we, we don't know what he got. So my theory is that he used his influence in the NHL to either help somebody, or it was like a bookie, or someone else like ratted him out. He didn't necessarily bet on NHL games himself, but like an insider trading type situation. It feels like yeah. that's what it is. Like he used. Even though he didn't bet on the NHL game himself, he used his influence to help someone else make money or lose money or or what have you. That's what I think what happened. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that is the case. Um, 
moving on, um, obviously, uh, you know, we had a tragic death um, overseas. Uh, yet last night it was announced that uh, it was it Adam Johnson. Yeah. Adam Johnson took a, uh, and we know about this all too well here in Buffalo. It's happened twice um, <clears throat> to Clint Millar, Chuck, obviously before any of us were, can remember, most of us can remember, but, uh, and then Richard Zednick from the Florida Panthers, uh, a game that I was present for. Uh, he tragically passed away after sustaining a, uh, a cut to the neck from a skate blade um, playing in England. Was it? Yeah. England. Yes. So, uh, you know, thoughts and love out to him and his because that uh, that's tragic. And I know it brings up the discussion for wearing those anti was it the anti um, slash yeah. guards, guards yeah. neck and wrist guards. Yeah, um, definitely something that should be looked into. Um, I mean, lie. it doesn't it doesn't look good aesthetically. No. It doesn't uh, probably feel good for the players. But I think we're at a point with um, technology and production and everything else that they could find a happy medium that would at least reduce the likelihood of this happening, right? Like my biggest fear playing hockey, even to this day, is getting cut by a skate blade. Like the Clint Clint Malarchuk thing really, really, obviously it was before my time, but I've seen the 30 for 30 short that they did on that and how much it affected his life. Yep, and obviously the Richard the Richard Zegman six situation, I um, it happened to an OHL goalie a couple of years ago. Actually, he got a skate blade to his thigh. Niagara, I believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another Western New York connection. Um, it's really scary, and that actually caused me to research um, getting these like spandex that have like extra thigh protection because yep. like goalies' thighs are are they are exposed. And so is your neck. And I wear this crazy neck guard every game. So there's no part of my neck that's exposed. Yeah. It makes me want to actually go and invest in a, a new dangler. Um, because, uh, yeah, I gotta get one. I gotta get one too. Yeah. But here's the book, uh, matter of inches by Clint Malarchuk. He's been on our show a couple times. Um, great read, uh, very eye opening on what he went through, not just growing up before the injury, but after the injury and like, how you know bipolar and uh, I believe it was uh, the different um, you know behavior and mental diseases he ended up being diagnosed with, how they affected his life and the PTSD from the injury, um, and how he was just undiagnosed and not medicated correctly, um, and how much better of a life he's leading now and more healthy of a life he's leading now because he's been properly diagnosed. Um, but yeah, it's just a very scary situation, and as, as bad as I feel for his family and those who loved him. I also feel bad for the other players involved in the incident because you're going to carry some of that on your conscience for a long time. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're going to have those idiots online who are going to blame you, find ways to blame yeah. you. Like it's your fault. I mean, like I, w- I, w- I would hope that whoever was involved in it doesn't read that type of stuff. Of course it wasn't intentional. It was a freak accident. I would encourage everybody to not watch the video. I unfortunately came across the video on my timeline this morning and it's traumatic to say the least. So, um, yeah, you don't need to see it from someone someone who saw it. There's no reason to watch it. I saw Richard Zednick live, man. And like, I can't believe they finished playing a hockey game after that. I'm 
you know, happy. I mean, that it, it, like, it brings you to DeMar Hamlin. It brings you to other very serious, very scary injuries in sports. And that Kevin is, Everett. that's the dark side of sports. You know that this can happen. It could have happened in the Sabres avalanche game today. You never yeah. know. So I hope it's an NHL PA thing. I hope it's a discussion with the NHL because there's no other sport where there's literal knives being yep. worn by the players. And great, great comment here from Gar again. Hope this shuts up the advocates for kicking the puck and that being allowed. Yeah, I 100% agree. As a goalie, that's a scary thing, man. I've been actually kicking the head before, and the head's pretty damn close to your neck. It's not – no. I'm actually very surprised this doesn't happen more often. Yeah. You're, yeah knock on wood because I have a game tonight. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. But uh, I know, but uh, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. I protected myself when I played to the point because I'm actually scared about it. Like it's something that like you have to. Think we're, like, we're sitting here talking about it. I, I'm I'm getting I'm kind of scared to even go play hockey tonight. Now. No, you have you have to think about it, right? Like yeah. I got the most protective neck guard I could possibly have, and as you mentioned, I haven't had the dangler in a while. I'm gonna get one because the extra protection and the peace of mind that it gives you is so paramount. We got a we got a listener from the UK. Okay. There's currently a petition over here in the UK for compulsory neck guards in the EIHL after this. Uh, well, thanks for listening in, uh, Steve, for all the way from the UK. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. I mean, and it, it's like hopefully a situa- situation like this, as with DeMar Hamlin, like putting AEDs in schools across the country and having an AED at every single football game and trained medical staff that knows how to handle that type of situation. I'm sure there were – very, very competent medical professionals at that game last night that were not able to save Adam Johnson's life. Yeah. So I mean, you, you can, like, you can you only do so much. You can't prepare yourself for stuff like that. No, no, like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I saw people criticizing the referee for not like doing a better job at like stopping the blood loss. Like, well, you're not prepared for something like that. Like, yeah, what do you I mean, they're not, they're not trained medical professionals. Like they, that's not, that's not on the refs. Well, like here's an idea though, and here's an idea that's gonna maybe that's something at the professional level. Maybe referees start going through is like maybe you'll put them through certain types of training courses. Hey, yeah. on the off chance this happens, your quick your quick response could be you know and this isn't me blaming the ref at all. It's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, no. But that's as, but what that's I'm as simple is as, that, that could be something that maybe the the, the I mean, NHL that, could look into too. That's as simple as not to be too gory, but shoving your fingers into the cut. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, the biggest thing for me is just, it's extra protection. Like yes. wear neck guards. Um, you're not going to take skate blades away. Right. So no. you gotta, you gotta figure something out because of course this doesn't happen often, but the worst thing in the world wouldn't be having an extra layer of protection for the exposed yeah. arteries, arteries on your body. So, mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Yes, rest in peace, uh, Adam. Uh, terrible. <clears throat> also, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Uh, last night, obviously announced friend star. Uh, you know, obviously from many different things, but most notably known from the uh, show Friends, uh, tragically passed away. Big uh, big Ranger fan on that show. Yep, big hockey fan, big advocate for the sport. Um, you know, guy battled his demons throughout his life with addiction. Um. Uh, right now, at least what I'm hearing is he had a heart attack in his hot tub. At least that's what I'm um, TMZ, the company I work for, uh, 
reported there were prescriptions found in his home. No one really knows. And it's going to be it's going to be a situation where like he was in his hot tub and he passed out and it could have been a variety of different things. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I just I've seen a number of things. I, init- I thought I heard the initial like report from the police was they didn't find any like drugs present near him or anything to uh, say it was foul play. Not, not that we should be getting into the reason why more or less celebrating the life. But last night I was at Fatty Beer Company in Lancaster. My buddy Greg was bartending and that, that was announced. And, um, you know, Tim Britt, who was a local uh, musician in the area, he played the Friends theme song almost right away. And the whole place was, you know, was, was hop, hopping, uh, celebrating Matthew Perry's life. Um, I was never a big guy, like a big Friends guy. Like I liked the show, but like I was, I watched shows like Seinfeld, Boy Meets World, uh, Home Improvement, amongst other shows. Like I was more along lines of like shows like that, Two and a Half Men, um, than I was with the like show Friends. But I did like it. Um, so you know, it stinks because I think people would always hold out hope that maybe someday they like they'll get the band back together and do a reboot or something like that, or some type of spinoff. Um, obviously that's completely out of the question now, but you know, Matthew Perry was a guy who, <clears throat> you know, as you said, loved the game of hockey, um, was an amazing actor for all intents and purposes, seemed like an amazing human being. And um, it sucks. It definitely sucks. The, the world lost a, uh, a great uh, actor, a great talent. And um Hopefully, uh, those who care and love him are uh, okay right now. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Peace, Matthew Perry. Uh, one last comment from Gar. Wouldn't a thick turtleneck kind of fabric be helpful at least? Wear one tonight, Dwayne. Um, yeah, I'm glad Gar is looking out for me. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Um, but, yeah, with uh, that being said, um, uh, any final thoughts, Earls, as we head into uh, – just getting getting back to the Sabres, massive win. Uh, as we talked about UPL a lot, and we're going to need them these next few games, obviously with Devin Levi's near future in question. And well, they, Eric, hope, they hope he's actually back on the ice on Tuesday. That's what they okay. said. All right. Well, hopefully he's he's improving. Uh, obviously, Eric Comrie seems like he's going to be out at least a few weeks. So, yeah, big opportunity for him. Obviously, a great game tonight. Um, I think the the team in general – played a great game. I would hope that they would have won despite the Jersey that they were wearing. But as of now, this Jersey is almost undefeated. So I think they lean into it as much as they can, even if that means wearing it more than 15 times this season, I feel like they could arbitrarily just be like, Oh yeah, let's just keep wearing it. If they get on a run. Right. So I don't know. I, uh, I think the uh, most fans would really like that. And uh, yeah, as you said, through 10 games, if the team is five and five, especially after that slow start, I think everyone's going to be really happy with that. And then you get into the first quarter of the season, 21 games, and then you continue to improve. But the defense has been better. The offense is coming along. Obviously, really strong performances from J.J. Paterka and Casey Middlestat. Mm -hmm. And I think Alex Tuck is finding his game a little bit more as we continue to go on in this season, and that's really encouraging. So said, let the guy play through it. He'll figure it out. Hey, congratulations. I was pissed. Uh, but yeah, we will see you on Wednesday for the start of the home and home against the flyers. Um, might record in between now and then. Um, I have a couple, I have some interest from both 
Uh, Arda O'Kale from ESPN and uh, Gregory Bell from Ingold Magazine might hop on with us. So we'll keep you updated on that. But uh, with that being said, uh, this has been a, another winning edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Urban Boulevard. Make sure you let them know two boys from two boys when Mike sent you for all your Sabres game day, game night, and Bills game day needs. Uh, actually, mostly Bills game night needs, right? They're playing nothing but evening games from here on out pretty much, right? Yeah, Sunday night, Sunday night football next week against, against the Bengals. Uh, there's not a Sunday at 1 p.m. game until New Year's Eve. Yeah, so. But uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Go Sabres. Go Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.